KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzay Torah. You are listening to the Erev Shabbat program. Erev Shabbat Kodesh, Parshat Bahar B'chukotai, Kaf Aleph, Yar. The Erev Shabbat program is Lilui Nishmat Shlomo Yosef Ben Chaim Shmuel. I'd also like to dedicate it to my daughter Rinat, who celebrated her second birthday on Love Ba'omer. That's right, Lav Ba'omer, the day before Lav Ba'omer. And my son, Daniel, who has a unique connection to Lamed Hay Ba'omer, which is today, the day I am taping. They should all be healthy and well and grow up in a proper fashion as, a, as human beings and as Jews. <coughs> this week... Lagba Omer leaves me no choice but to address certain issues that I have to say don't relate to the Parshat Shavua. Some listeners may find it that it doesn't belong on the program, and nonetheless, I think it's an important issue to address. I will admit that some people will accuse me of being a Litvak, Amit Naged, in this context, and that's fine. I admit openly without any shame, that this is indeed the case. And yet, please judge my words by their merit, and not by which camp they align myself with. As far as I know from Halacha, Lagba Omer, is the last day that Rabbi Akiva's students were killed. <clears throat> Therefore, there's a machloket between Ashkenazi and Sfaradi Psak. According to the Sfaradim, you're not allowed to shave on Lagba Omer because they were still killed on that day, and it's a day of Avelut. According to the Ashkenazi Psak, we have a concept of Avelut called Miktzat Hayom Kekulo, part of the day is considered as if, like the whole day. What does that mean? That means, for example, when one is sitting Shiva, so one does not need to sit Shiva for seven entire days, but on the morning of the seventh day, if you just sit for one minute, that's considered as if you've sat the whole day, and one gets up from Shiva on the seventh day in the morning. Miktzat hayom kekula, a portion of the day is considered like the entire day. Likewise, on the 30th day of Avelut, once you've woken up on the 30th day and you haven't shaved your beard, so from, the, from that moment on you can shave your beard, assuming someone tells you you're looking terrible. Because, Likewise, on Lagba Omer, since it's the last day of this Avelut, so we say, and you can shave in the morning of Lagba Omer, according to Ashkenazi practice. 
It's a day that we don't say Tachanun. It seems that it's a day that there is some sort of Simcha because the Magifah of Talmudia Rabbi Kiva is over. Now, it's no secret that in addition to this, <coughs> the celebration of the Hilula Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai became very popular as well. And this is, I think, if I, my memory clocks me, there's some mention of Lagbomer in the Zohar that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai went up in a very dramatic fashion on this day. And this is celebrated, and this changes a lot of things about the characteristic of Lag Belmer. Because instead of it being a day that in the morning of Lag Belmer, it's a, it starts to be a happy day, from the night it's a happy day, there are celebrations, and this leads to a new set of... Uh, Permissibilities that in the night already of Lugbomer, one would be able to shave, one the people get married already on the night of Lugbomer. Because the entire day of Lugbomer is a happy day because it's Hilo Darbishim and Baruchai. Alright, I'm not one to necessarily understand everything, uh, why a day of uh, Ptira is considered a, a happy day. But I'll leave the, there, there are explanations out there, and that's fine. Personally, don't identify with them. Personally, what the halacha tells us about the minhag, one fasts on a yard site of a relative, speaks to me more. It's more of a day of din uh, v'cheshbon than a day of uh, exuberant partying. But, as I said, the explanations are out there. When a tzaddik dies, his influence grows, and therefore, it's there is a happiness there. Okay, again, this is uh, in, a, in a place that's a little bit beyond me. <sighs> Hundreds of thousands of people congregate to Meiron, to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's kever. And the whole religious experience ensues from here. Of the bonfires, well, my kids did a bonfire also, albeit before Lagba Omer, because it's too late for little children to be out after 8.30 to do the official bonfire. And we didn't do it on Har Meron. But throngs of people estimated that 400,000 people were at Har Meron. Who gets to light the bonfire is a very big issue. Each chatzer of Hasidut, the Rebbe, lights the bonfire. But there is a bidding war to see who gets the kibud of giving the honor to the Rebbe. Apparently this year, the uh, from what I read in the news, the amount of money went down from 200000 to 49000 for one of these, or the one, because of the economic situation. And that's, I assume that this money, there's no reason for me to think, otherwise it goes to the most dote, the, the, the establishments the, of the Hasidut for teachers, and Talmud Torah, and Staka. But what, what, is the, what is this of the formalization of 
ceremonies that are really not ceremonies. You have, essentially what I would say, a made-up holiday, where nothing was ever formalized by Chazal as to what you have to do in this day, and probably the only halachot of Lagba Omer, are they have to count Sfirat HaOmer, the 33rd day, you don't say Tachanun during the day. There's a machloket whether you say Tachanun the Mincha before. Those are the halachot. Ktsat Simcha, you can listen to music. If you haven't been listening to music during Sfirat Omer, you can get married on Lagba Omer. And for some, you can get bar- married from Lagba Omer until the end of the Sfirah already. There's this whole making something. Very formal. Now, what, people will say, ah, what are you talking about? There's lots of things that we've made up and people have began a ritual for themselves. And here in Alon Shut, we have a whole uh, Yom HaAtzmaud ceremony. It's true, we do have a Yom HaAtzmaud ceremony. But it's not a ceremony that anybody deems as some sort of religious experience in the sense of because we are taking formal actions and doing formal actions. We don't believe that we fulfill a mitzvah by going to the center of our yeshuv We think that this is the proper way to put poor content into a day. But here you get the feeling on Lagba Omer that people relate to it as if this is a real holiday with real things that must be done. And people go through tremendous efforts to be there, 400,000 people, as I said, estimated. The bonfire, and it, and it feels like there is a formal reaction to something that there is no formal guidelines for. And this is where I think that there is something made up here we have to know what we are obligated to do by halacha. What are the important things? What we're not obligated to do by halacha just can't be of the same importance. It can't be more important to go to Kever Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai on Lagba Omer than it is to take a lulav and an etrog and a adasim and aravot on the third day of Sukkot where there's a chiv de Rabbanan, a rabbinic obligation for me to take that. Somehow the drive and the motivation to be at Kever Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai on Lagba Omer, or the drive and the motivation to go to Chutz Laaretz and to be in Uman on Rosh Hashanah, burns much strongly in certain people. And I don't understand it. And it turns me off because it leaves a whole area of Jewish experience into this category of, I can make up something, and make it into the pinnacle of Jewish experience. And going to Meiron and Lagba Omer, and going to Uman and Rosh Hashanah, for certain people, though this is made up, and in some t- cases, again, I have no objection going to Meiron and Lagba Omer, I certainly do have objections to going to Uman and Rosh Hashanah, and I won't go there right now. In certain instances, this has become more important than anything else in Judaism. It's not a Din de Rabbanan, certainly not a Din de Oraita, it's not a rabbinic law, it's not a Torah law, it's not a law at all. And yet, people have changed this into the most important thing, and this is something that turns me off.
the most important thing, or they turn it into something very, very important that one must do. From here, I just want to mention a few more words about Chassidut, because here the Chassidut does take a stronger role within these type of uh, experiences, like Lagba Omer, Lagba Omer, the Chassiduyot are well represented there. Uman is the Chassidut of Breslov. We spoke a few weeks ago about Chizkiyahu Amalek and Yeshayahu, and Chizkiyahu's prayers being more accepted when he didn't pray through Yeshayahu or allow Yeshayahu to pray for him, but he prayed directly to God, both on a national level when he prayed to be saved from Ashur, and on a private level when he prayed to save himself after Yeshayahu told him he was going to die. When I was learning Jewish history in university, we were taught that Hasidut was essentially supposed to open Judaism, Jewish life, to every lay person. It was much more simple. It didn't demand one to be a Talmud Chacham, as did the classic Judaism until until the the outset of the onset of Hasidut, everybody in their simple way could approach God. They didn't have to be a Talmud Chacham. They could approach God through prayer. A beautiful idea, a democratic idea, I would say. Democratic in the sense that it gives everybody the opportunity. But yet somehow, the inclusion of the Admor into this equation, that the Hasid connects to God through the Admor, through the Rebbe, turns this whole idea on its head. Because it ultimately says, as opposed to the idea that I believe is true, for many places, for more than one place, we can approach God directly. The idea of the Admor, of the, of the Rebbe, says, you can't approach God, you need the Rebbe to approach God. So it changes everything on its head, it's no longer democratic, it's once again very undemocratic. But more than it's undemocratic in the sense that you don't have a direct relationship to God, you have a relationship through the Rebbe. It borderlines on improper avodat Hashem of turning to the dead when it's dead, the Rebbe's, like Rabbi Nachman of Breslev, where people go to Daven by his Kevar and Rosh Hashanah, and we know that God here is in Eretz Yisrael, so who are we praying to? And who's more important in our relationship to God? Or whether it's a living Rebbe, or perhaps an in-between case, in the case of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. I just want to quote a pasuk from Yeshayahu about the question of, yes, we hold these people in reverence, whether it's Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who has a tremendous, tremendous contribution to the world of Torah Shabbat Peh, whether it's Moshe Rabbeinu, Yoshua Binun, 
Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. All these people are tremendous, tremendous foundations of the Jewish people. Rabbi Akiva. Does that mean that we have to go search out for their kever in order to connect to God? Yeshayahu says, Perak Samech Gimel, Pasuk Tedzayim, Ki ata avinu, Ki Avraham lo yedaanu, V'Yisrael lo yakiranu, Ata Adonai avinu, Go'olenu me'olam shemecha. For you are our father, because Avraham does not know us, and Yisrael, referring to Yaakov, doesn't recognize us. You, Hashem, are our father, our redeemer, eternally. Our relationship has to be with God. Yes, we need teachers to teach us. Yes, we need teachers to teach us what the values of the Torah are, what the halacha is. But we have to face God ourselves. We have to pour our souls to God in tefillah. We have to strive to know God as best as we can, whether it's through limud Torah, whether it's through being similar to God by acts of gemilut chasadim, mahu rachum, rachum. But it has to be our relationship with God, not through any inter- intermediaries. I believe this is a true de- democratic relationship with God. A relationship with God not through a living Rebbe, certainly not through a dead Rebbe, not even through Moshe Rabbeinu, not even through Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, as the Navi says in Yeshayel. Ultimately, when everything is said and done, and the importance of these people in building what Judaism is, our relationship is with God. That is what our religion is about. And everybody has the potential and the ability to connect to God. Everybody has the ability to connect to God, to have a relationship with God. That doesn't depend on any, anybody except for ourselves. May we all have the strength to focus our, on our Avodat Hashem and all its factors, whether it's how we deal with other people, whether it's how we find time to turn to Hashem in prayer and in tefillah and in, and in limud Torah, pardon me, in learning Torah, and doing acts of chesed. And we all find within ourselves that ability because the potential is there for all of us. Shabbat Shalom.